welcome to the Nourished Soul podcast, where we talk about all things body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. I had such a great time talking with Dave Mack. He goes by No Carb Life on YouTube, so you may head there and check out his YouTube channel where he has lots of really neat interviews. Dave is really fun to talk to. I really enjoyed hearing more about his journey, his health journey, and kind of how he started on getting on a carnivore diet, but not necessarily the carnivore piece. I'm just saying for the meat for mental health, he has a lot to say about that. And it was really fun for me to talk with him. He's originally from Australia and is living in Asia. So we had to work out the whole, you know, time zone issues, but it was good. It was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Happy healing. Dave, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you about your journey, your health journey, and then you also have interviewed a lot of interesting people. So I was going to get your take on some of the things you've learned from the people you've interviewed too. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Melbourne, Australia. Ah, I was okay. born in Scotland, but I moved to Melbourne, Australia when I was six years old. Okay. And now you're in Japan. That's right. Japan for the last 17 years. Oh, that's a long time. All right. So you've got, yeah. you've got interesting, you've got an interesting story. Yeah. My, long enough in Japan that I should be able to speak Japanese, but uh, yeah, not, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Okay. Well, I, you know, I was looking for people to come on the show to talk about meat for mental health, but I know that you've had an incredible shift in a lot of things. I thought we could start by just talking about what interested you? How did you start? What were you feeling before you said, Hey, I think I'll give this carnivore thing a try. I kind of just fell into it from keto, but basically what led me to keto that then became carnivore was talking to my doctor, finding out from my doctor that I had prediabetes and also being told that something I already knew that I was an alcoholic and the doctor wanted to put me on some drugs to uh, get rid of the alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And um, those drugs were particularly nasty. Like uh, the drug is called antabuse. So yeah. it's basically take the drug, then make the mistake of drinking alcohol after you've taken the drug and get violently ill and nearly kill yourself. So, you know, I, I thought probably I should try and sort this out on my own first. And so I knew from the past that kind of low carb and keto had done a good job of giving me a lot of self-control before. Uh -huh. And so I, I just said to the doctor, look, give me a couple of weeks. Let me try this out and see if I can kind of get control of the situation. And he agreed. And so I did that, but because of some intestinal issues I was experiencing while I was on keto, that's what led me to carnival and, and the rest is history. Right. How long ago was that? 
when you were trying so, the keto first how long has it been now so originally like back in the yeah, day yeah yeah originally originally yeah. and then yeah uh, okay so i started with atkins back in 2000 oh yeah and really well on atkins there was a lot of pressure from media and your friends and everyone like Thinking atkins gonna is going to kill you yeah <laughs> you are going to die that's it so you eventually just go yeah you know it's I knew it was too good to be true kind of thing. So you just give it away. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then and then this experience where your doctor said, look, we got a, you're pre-diabetic. You've got this alcoholism situation. When was that? June 3. And so basically I haven't, just under I haven't had anything planned uh, apart from the, the small amount of plants that I had for that first one or two weeks of keto. I haven't had anything else since then. Right. Zero. June 3 was a day. Mm. Yeah. And what are you mostly eating? Eggs, ground beef, cheese, occasionally wagyu beef. That that, that's it. And once a day. Oh, you're doing oh mad. Sorry. Mm. (laughs) I didn't mean to choke on that. That's totally fine. (laughs) That's not a uh wasn't a Freudian slip to choke there. I do think oh mad is um appropriate for a lot of people. So yeah. So that's something I kind of just fell into as well. I just realized one day after getting up, I kind of, I'm normally up very early in the morning and one weekend early on into this, I, I woke up pretty late on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. had a late breakfast and then found that I wasn't hungry at all for the rest of the day. So I just couldn't be bothered cooking anything. And it was like, that was the start of OMAD. It was like, oh, wow, I can do this. One meal works. And so, yeah, yeah 11 months, one meal a day. Wow. And did you have a, a stroke years and years ago too? So, yeah. so you've had some health stuff. Yeah. So when I, <laughs> when I was 17, uh, I had a... Uh, basilar artery stroke so i had a subarachnoid hemorrhage which is basically an aneurysm on the basilar artery of your head which i guess is kind of behind here i was sleeping and it just burst and fortunately i've got unusually thick blood or perhaps because of the amount of sugar i was consuming at the time i had unusually thick blood it stopped the bleed that clotted the aneurysm very quickly and so i continued on sleeping through having had a brain hemorrhage and woke up the next day and long story at 17 i was working already but yeah got up and went to work oh my and it wasn't until i traveled an hour on the train to get to work and I got to the office and realized how bad, uh, like how much I was deteriorating that I realized, oh, hang on, something's wrong. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And so what were the consequences of that? You Did you have headaches or problems after that? I, at the time, the, the only noticeable, of course, I had a bit of a headache, but I had missed the worst of the headache having been asleep when Wait. it burst, but mm-hmm. it was experiencing at the time kind of palsy down my right side. Like my, my face was drooping down. I was dragging my right side behind me, that kind yeah. of thing. The first doctor I saw told me, ah, oh, it's all right. You've got gastro. Like you've, you've basically got an upset tummy. Like after doing a thorough examination and my face being like this side, not working at all, he concluded it was basically yeah 
food poisoning or something. Yeah, issue. Okay. That's so yeah. yeah. I, I went home later on, went to another doctor and he said, Yeah, there's a problem. To the hospital, you've got to get some CAT scans, MRI, etc. But the the problems following, like after everything was resolved, the problems following that were basically like balance related, weakness in my right side, uh, coordination. It is improving now my sight, but basically, it, let's let's imagine you're walking across the street and a cyclist comes across your path really mm -hmm. quickly, kind of cuts in front of you. If they were to do it on my left side, my reaction time is super quick, even though my left hand is not my writing hand, you know, but if they were to come from my right side, like my reaction, they would hit me. My reaction time is so much slower. And yeah. so those things have all been an issue over the last 30 years. But having been on carnivore, I've noticed improvements in all of those areas. Right. Yeah. So tell me about the improvements. Where have you so, been the most improvement? Biggest improvement is in the stability and balance of my walking. So I'm dragging, I'm not dragging my leg behind me the same as I was before. Mm -hmm. And before I would get tired or drinking if I was if I was drunk or hungover. I would find that I was dragging my right leg behind me a lot more and more likely to trip over things with my right leg. And the number of times that I've like burst my, the front of my big toe open on my right foot, because I like, I drag stumble and like cut it on some concrete or something. Well, in Australia, it's common to walk around barefoot in the summer, that kind of thing. So yeah. So the the biggest thing has been the balance. Uh, other than that, like strength is coming back into my right side more so than was before. My reaction time's a little bit better. It's hard to measure those things, but I just feel like, you know, I, I can react to stuff much more quickly. You're no longer Overall, diabetic, I assume. Oh, yes. Yeah. So unrelated to the stroke kind of thing. Yeah, I'm no longer pre-diabetic. Again, unrelated to stroke, gum disease is gone. Right. Which is amazing. And one of the best things about that mm -hmm. is when you have gum disease, you have bad breath, <laughs> like very bad breath. It sounds like it, it, it sounds like you've been chewing on some terrible things, right? And so previously I would talk to my wife. I'd be close talking to my wife. She would suddenly do that <laughs> because you get a gust of wind coming from my mouth. She and what made me realize that things were getting better is she wasn't doing that anymore. Mm. And I would say to her, "Do you notice you're not you're not recoiling like that anymore?" And she goes, "Oh, yeah, that's right." That's, so you know yeah. that was the the first indication that was improving. Yeah, that's um, amazing, isn't it? Do you think yeah. that's carnivore? Do you think that's from not drinking, or could you even tell? Oh, I've seen, I've spoken to people since uh, right. about this and people that have also experienced improvements in their gum health generally. And a lot of people have told me that the, the issue is protein and fat doesn't ferment in, in your mouth, whereas carbohydrates do ferment, right? So you've got that, basically that 
that toxin or that that thing that's actively working to deteriorate what's around it uh you know in your mouth so yeah, yeah and i guess I was getting rid about, of that yeah the oxalates too i understand like the, the tartar and the the buildup from the tox you just the plant toxins if you don't have that in your system your body's not trying to push that out get rid of it because a lot sometimes that'll come in mm. in the mouth right so yeah. so i imagine that and I was going to say, that's one of the first things that I'll notice when I have had some kind of carbohydrate is my mouth. I can't stand the way it feels after being carnivore for two and a half years. You feel really, your mouth just feels really clean. And so mm. if I have any carbohydrates, now I can feel it in my mouth. And I was alcohol free for, I don't know, three years or something before I was carnivore. So mm. So I don't think, you know, so if people are listening, they're like, well, that's maybe because he stopped drinking. Maybe, I mean, that's certainly going to help things, but it sounds like it's probably more just from taking out the carbohydrates. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would say that that's, I've had comments on yeah. my channel from time to time. People say, yeah, well, you know, of course you're not eating junk food anymore. You're not drinking alcohol anymore. Of course you're going to get better. And I mean, that's, that's it's true. Valid. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but you also got to think like giving things up over the years before and other people go from being an alcoholic to being stone cold sober and that's all they change, but they don't see the same kind of health improvements, you know? Right. right. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's kind so, of funny. So I think carnivore does, has got, yeah, uh, it, a big role to play. Yeah. So you're doing so well. You have a, a wife. Do you have family? Do they also eat carnivore? Like how yes. easy is this or hard is this? No, no one eats carnivore around me. So it's just, everyone sees the results that I'm getting. Right. Yeah. Every, everyone sees the results that I'm getting. And so they're happy for me, but no one else is jumping on board. <laughs> it's relative with my situation, my working situation and, and where I live, it's pretty easy to do carnivore, even though I'm kind of doing it on my own. So I work kind of late in the day, like a late shift. So um, I'm not eating with the family anyway. Okay. So that makes kind of the fact I'm doing OMAD not a problem. If we go out on the weekend and have lunch or have dinner or something, I'm in Japan, so it's pretty easy for me to eat because generally we're at a restaurant where you can cook grilled beef. Right. Uh, like and you know it's cooked at your table so you can see there's no seed oils or anything you know and right. yeah. yeah that's nice do you eat fish mm. actually i i do <laughs> historically i have but i haven't in the last 11 months and that's basically just because i kind of get into the habit of doing things a particular way and i find that that gets the most that's the most time optimized way of doing things and so i just <laughs> stick to that so all right i'm really just, starting to see more of your personality now dave okay yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's not that you wouldn't eat fish but you get in get in a, a routine that works mm. for you and it's giving you great results so for now there really doesn't seem to be a reason to alter that i was just thinking about exactly because for your brain 
I mean, there really isn't anything better than DHA and seafood mm. is the best source of DHA, but. So one, yeah. one of the things that I, I do need to make a point of eating and I, I like them is sardines, just oh, having I, some sardines. I is love really good. sardines yeah. too. Straight out of the And super, sati super satiating as well. Yeah. Actually, lately they, I don't have, they're not enough fat for me. How much fat are you eating? Cause you went, you were keto for a, a minute and then went straight mm. to part of our, do you even worry about how much fat you're getting and all that? I, I, I don't, I don't, don't calculate anything. Yes. I've heard a few people talk about how, you know, we, as a species, we've found the need to add carbohydrate to things, right? But protein and fat are basically a perfect complement that come together. And, you know, I just use that kind of thing as my reason for not worrying about macros. It's just, I'm just going to eat what makes me feel full. Yeah, no, and... that's perfect. I like it being not complicated. I, that was my favorite thing about carnivore, to be honest. It's so non-frill, no, no complicated. And I love to cook and I love to feed people. So I would still cook for everybody, but it was really simple for me. I didn't have to then worry about what I was going to eat or not eat. And it's just, mm. yeah, really simple. So I, I love that. So it sounds like you'll just keep going. Yeah. I, I've got no intention. Everything about my life is better in the last 11 months. And, and of course that's health wise, but also just not having to think about food anymore. You can't exaggerate how good it is and how much time you have when you're not spending the whole day thinking about food, when you're not thinking, what am I having for breakfast as soon as you wake up? And then as soon as you've had breakfast thinking, what's my snack at 10 o'clock and what's, what am I having for lunch? What restaurant am I going to for lunch? And it just goes on and on and on. And you never actually a hundred percent focus on anything else, or at least in my situation, I'm speaking for myself, but you know, <laughs> that's what it was like. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so the alcoholism, you, I mean, were you, did you consider yourself an alcoholic or just somebody who needed to back off the alcohol? In the back of my mind, mm -hmm. so my, my father was an alcoholic and in the back of my mind, I was kind of thinking to myself, this is out of control mm -hmm. and you know, a, a little bit like diet every day when you wake up with a hangover, you're feeling like, okay, I've got to get, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop this. But until the doctor said that to me, it was never something where I was thinking, okay, well, this is really a problem. I've got to, it was always kind of tomorrow I'll start and worry about it kind of thing. Yeah. No, very similar to me. I, I didn't consider myself an alcoholic. My biological father was an alcoholic. So I did a lot to make sure I wasn't him. So I, it was sort of surprising to me when I came mm. to, came to terms with the fact that it really did have a hold on me that even though I was controlling about it. Yeah. And the never waking up with a hangover again is amazing. I mean, just, just not having <laughs> as that alone, having the energy to not worry about, cause I was so controlling about you know, not drinking before, you know, after work and only this time. And it was just ridiculous how much energy mm. I was putting forth to keep it all under control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, it, when you finally kick it, it's so freeing. So free. Yeah, mm. I can't believe. But alcohol free was really easy for me. Um, 
I think the food thing was a little more challenging. I didn't realize how much I really liked some of my food, but it sounds like it wasn't for you. Once you made up your mind, you just, that was good. I think getting the two hits on the one day, it just gave me enough. Uh, and, you know, it, it was difficult. I can't say it was easy. I just, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not eating sugar anymore or anything like that. First week, two weeks, something like that, I had to completely change the way I was doing things so that I, I was re, uh, I was changing my habits because mm -hmm. I'd got into this terrible habit of, I would go to, I would go to work, start work in midday and uh, I was eating like lots of snack kind of food. And then the next habit was after work, I would walk past the convenience store and I would buy a beer and I would buy potato chips or I'd buy a beer and, you know, an ice cream if it was summer or something like that. Oh, mm -hmm. To tell the truth, even if it wasn't summer. <laughs> right. And it's okay to drink on the train in Japan, yeah. right? Because it's not like if people start drinking on the on, in a public place in Japan. It's not like it doesn't become kind of Yahoo'sville, you know, like people are pretty self-controlled and stuff here. So, yeah. um, uh, and they, you know, even if they have one drink, they don't kind of continue drinking that much. So I would sit on the train and I would enjoy a beer and I got myself into this habit of doing this and, you know, even if I'd been having a bad day at work, it would be 8 p.m. at night and be thinking, oh, I've got another class to go. And then I would just go, you know, it's okay. I've got that beer to look forward to on the train tonight. I can relax with that beer. And so I had to completely change all these habits. I had to right. walk a different way back to the station, not go past the convenience store, all that kind of thing to be able to get out of the habit. Got it. Yeah. So what kind of work do you do? I'm an English teacher. Okay. I was going to, yeah, yeah, I was like teach another class because I, I was a professor for almost a decade and I would teach class at night because I had master students and then I would come home and pour a glass of wine. And that was a habit of, mm. you know, to unwind from the day and whatever. Yeah, I get that. That's your treat for the, for the day. Those habits become so, so well, obviously habitual, but uh, they, they become so comforting. Like, yeah, they become they so comforting that if yeah. you go home after that master's class and you don't have that wine, you feel like I'm missing out. There's some problem today. It's, you know. Yeah, it was, it's, a, yeah, you got to shift things, but it didn't take long for you. It doesn't sound like it didn't, you know, it, yeah. it, it can be done. Fortunately, yeah. Right. Yeah. It can be I think, done. I think once you get, once you get a few days into something like keto or carnivore or, or whatever yeah. it happens to be, once you've got over that, the very initial hump of like mm -hmm. your body craving sugar, mm -hmm. in my experience, you do get some uh, much greater level of control over your, like your impulses, you know, like that, oh, I've got to have that chocolate or kind of thing that go, that drops. Yeah, doesn't go away completely, but in the first few days, you you do notice a bit of a change. Yes, I agree. Yeah, mm. and I think when you're eating foods that your body is so happy to have, and it can utilize the nutrients, and you're not now you're not even thinking about the next meal because you feel good from the one you had. It's a whole lot easier. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah, a good I point. Think, yeah, 
you know, keto carnivore, whatever is going to give you the nutrients that you need. And when you're cutting out the plants, I just never thought that plants would be a problem. I didn't, I thought it just was shocking to me to learn that, that the plants were actually the problem for a lot of people and that some people seem to be able to get away with it just fine. But I don't know if they really would, I, I feel, I wonder how good people could feel, but mm. still some of us. I, I better without I them. feel the same way yeah. uh, like you know but it's it's not in I, I don't think it's indoctrination I, I hesitate to call it that but it's like you're brought up with the same message consistently throughout your entire life vegetables are good you need this you need this nutrient from vegetables you need this you need that right so you just don't question it right no you know, it's like if you're living in a police state and, you know, they're always telling you about those terrible outsiders or something like that. You know, if you never, if you never kind of hear anything else, then of course you're going to believe it. Right. I mean, right. extreme example, but no, but um, it's similar. I mean, our whole lives we eat your vegetables. You need the vegetables, all the commercials that tell you that we need lots mm. of vegetables. It's really it took me a little while to let go of that, if I'm honest, of thinking, I hope this carnivore thing is, I mean, I was feeling so much better that you keep going, but I was hoping we're not all wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I, I think it gives you, um, I think one of the, one of the things, and this might be related to the kind of the higher level of control you have about, you know, what you're eating and things like that it gives you an ability to kind of step back a little bit more and think more critically about the things that you're being told to. That's true. I feel. Mm. That's true. Have you seen that with a lot of the people you interview? Yes, definitely. That seems um, to be a theme, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, of course, in any kind of group situation, you're going to have a little bit of people feeling like, you know, well, what my group is saying is the right thing or whatever, but I really, I really do think that, yeah, it, it's, it's gives people much better, better perspective on things. Yeah. Well, I think people tend to be questioning more, mm -hmm. uh, like just willing to open their mind up a little bit. Cause if this crazy thing can make me feel this good, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So yeah. Well, what else is there? And true. Right. What what other stuff have I been brought up just naturally believing that might actually be be doing me damage rather than helping me? Right. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of mental health, I don't know if you've noticed much in your own mental health improvements or if you've seen some themes around mental health with the people that you've interviewed. I think both. I, I think for myself and, and for people that I've interviewed, I feel like one of the main things that improves for people is, of course, sleep quality. And the sleep quality has a big impact on your mental health, whether it's your your focus and, and, and concentration and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think that for me, I've, I, I think I've, always suffered from some level of kind of high functioning depression, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and and that's that i think there's always this kind of depression or uh, cloud or something there and right. i don't know if that's just something that everyone experiences but there's always that darkness there but i think that it's I, i'm able to kind of to some degree fight back against that so that i can have a, a relatively normal day-to-day -day life i feel that that's improving a lot having been on carnivore and people I've interviewed, most of them talk about how their depression has lifted. Yeah. And I, most people seem quite surprised. That's not why they were trying carnivore. Some people mm. now, but you know, when I first started interviewing people, I guess it was probably 2019, 2020 before the pandemic. And, you know, people were really surprised at how much it was helping their mental health because they were mostly doing it for weight loss or for some mm. other health benefit and, and didn't realize, and a lot of us didn't realize how crappy we were feeling when we start feeling so much better and, and being able to really handle life on life's terms. And so we hear that a lot in recovery, you know, people will talk about hand, you know, just being with life on life's terms. And I have found that when I eat carnivore, mostly carnivore, I just handle things better. It's not that life isn't throwing you things. Still, things are still happening. There's still stressful situations. I just don't feel overwhelmed by that stress like I used to, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and I would say... Yeah, my feelings a little bit similar to that. Like it's less over, it's less or not overwhelming at all. You know, like right. it's, uh, I and again, I think it's almost like that ability to kind of all this, the normal life things are going on all around you, and it's ability to step back and go, okay, so how can I, how can I handle this? Mm -hmm. Whereas before, you might have been in the middle of it, going, oh, this is so stressful, I can't deal with all these things sitting there at once. Now you can kind of maybe step back a little bit and go, okay, so what what do I need to attack first? Yeah. I also feel more grounded. And I know, mm. you know, just talking about you're not dragging your right side and tripping over as much. There's something very kind of, you know, it's similar to when I've worked out and felt strong, you know, the next day after a good workout, you just feel stronger. And mm. I feel like a carnivore or carnivore-ish diet has really done that for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. When you when we talk about this, mm -hmm. and I feel this more when I'm talking about my experience as well, because like normally when I'm interviewing someone else, you yeah. I, I, you're in a situation where you stood back from it a little bit because it's someone else's experience. Sure. But when I'm talking about my own experience, I feel like. There's so many improvements that you see for someone, <laughs> for someone who hasn't tried this, they they would be listening to us, looking at us like, these people are crazy. I know. You know, how is this possible? They're not even eating a vegetable, mm -hmm. you know, it's, but it's just one of those things until you've actually done it, until you've seen all these little things that are going to get better, whether it's your strength, whether it's your focus, whether your it's your sleep, sleep whatever it is, yeah. till all these things, these little things all combine together, it's hard to appreciate. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't think you can <laughs> until yeah. you 
Yeah, it may be uh, a year ago. I would have been the same. I mean, yeah, keto is good, but come on. Right. Well, and I don't think I would have realized how sustainable it is. And the only reason that I started adding things back, I'm really interested in mitochondrial health. So I started playing around with things just to see how I would feel and Mm. doing some other stuff for my health. And I think that's important too, to trial and error. We would have never gone for carnivore if we weren't, you know, trial and error type people that said, Hey, I'm willing to try something crazy. Sure. So I think, you know, but I don't know that people think that they can keep going on it. Like, yeah, I could maybe do it for, I was only going to do carnivore for 30 days. That's I, and I just kept going (laughs) because things Mm. kept improving. You'd see enough improvement to be curious enough to keep going. For me, that's mm. that's my my experience. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember seeing someone talking about this on Twitter a couple of years ago, and I was thinking, yeah, sounds good, but how could you sustain that? How right. could you do that? Uh huh. Yeah. And it's it's and, yeah, funny how easy it is, isn't it? <laughs> I th- I think one of the problems for someone that hasn't done this, like myself at the time two years ago, is you when you're eating a predominantly plant-based diet or a carb-based diet what what's happening is you see like you're never actually satiated Mm -hmm. so you when you feel full i think what that actually is is you feel bloated or you feel discomfort Mm -hmm. and that's why you stop eating but you were never actually satiated at all. You were never feeding your body what it wanted. And, you know, pumping Fruit Loops into your body, your body is not going to, it's not getting anything from that. So what's happening is you're not satiated. So you're always in your mind, in your in your gut, everything. You're always going, I'm, I'm hungry. When's the next food coming? Mm-hmm. And so when you, before you've tried it, when you see people talking about carnivore, you look at that and think, yeah, but how can you eat just meat? And then stay satiated. I could eat, you know, I I, I could eat a, a wheelbarrow load of, of vegetables or Fruit Loops or whatever, and I'm still going to feel hungry in two hours. Which is true. Um, <laughs> so they they can't understand because this the everything's different. Yeah, everything's different, and the sati- satiation. So being satisfied from your food knowing that you've got the nutrients that you need, but then you're really, truly not hungry. It's pretty interesting. And the addictiveness of the the processed crap is, uh, you know, I don't even think people realize the hold it has on them because hmm. you, you just get used to what you get used to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the easiest way of seeing how bad and how addictive this stuff is is you look at the effect it has on a kid like a really little kid when you know you've been giving them a treat i don't know after dinner or whatever it is and then one day you withhold that treat and look wait, look at the reaction and that's how that's what makes you understand how bad and how addictive this stuff is yeah yeah it's kind of sad but it's you know, I think that it's hopeful. And I think the more people can learn how much their food is related to their mood and all these little nuance, these little things that are 
nagging health things. So not a, not necessarily a crisis, but all the nagging things that you just live with because you think you have to, like you think it's age or genetics or whatever it is that you really don't have to live with those things. Yeah. It's, it's really eye-opening to see that what people have put down as age-related stuff age-related problems for forever um, when you get to, you know, your forties or, or your fifties um, is actually, it's got probably in most cases, nothing to do with age. It's to do with the buildup of the garbage you've been eating for the last 40, 50 years. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and it's also a testament to the human body that, you know, in six yeah. months, it can repair a lot of the damage you've done over, over decades. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, mm. that is, that's, we're truly designed really, really well. It's amazing mm. what the body can, can handle. And then when we stop poisoning it, when it can actually, exactly. then there's all this energy to do other things. Yeah. yeah. So for you, what really nourishes you? What nourishes your mind, body, soul? However you look at that. Right now, yeah. of course, you know, the, the standard things, family and stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, right at the moment, one of the things that is really important to me and really keeps me going and really makes me feel feel good is just kind of sharing this message and talking to people like yourself who have experience in this area and have seen their own personal improvements with carnivore because just knowing that you know we might be able to help one more person with their arthritis or their back pain or whatever it happens to be is it's a really nice feeling yeah it gives you a lot of nourishment to be mm. yeah, out there yeah and you've interviewed some really interesting people your channel is fun. <laughs> I like when you yeah. and Scott ever some banter a bit with things out there. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> the the last the last one was definitely a fun one. And we were talking about Abby Sharp, but yeah, I, some of the stories that I've seen, you know, people losing in you know in under a year losing more than two hundred pounds is just phenomenal. Right. Yeah. 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 And then, and you've had people that have been carnivore for years and years and years. Like, did I see 50 mm. years or something? I didn't Yeah, 50 years. Way. Like that, It was on and off, but uh, yeah, uh, she, the lady who's also living in Florida. Oh. I seem to meet a lot of people that live in Florida. Oh yeah, Scott's um, down here too. Maybe you should come to Florida. <laughs> yeah. And Rick Rodriguez as well. The 40 year uh, carnivore. Yeah. yeah. She's 68. And she's been like basically a keto or carnivore diet for 50 years with a couple of breaks in the middle, but those breaks, she was feeling horrible. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but now that she's, you know, for a couple of decades, I think from memory, she's been fully carnivore and she's just feeling awesome. 68, she's out riding a bicycle on the beach every day. And yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's so nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to see these stories. So I'm glad that you're mm. bringing them, bringing them to people. So mm. yeah, anything else that you think people might want to know, particularly about meat and mental health or anything? I, I would say if you, if 
anyone out there is listening to this and you haven't tried it, but you've got any health issue at all, just give it a try. Transition into it. Don't go, you know, Toblerone one day, you know, bacon the next. Um, transition into it. Go on a go on a low carb or a keto diet first, and transition slowly into carnivore. But it's until you've done it, it's a it, it, you can't understand how much better you can feel. And even even if it doesn't address whatever the health concern is that you've got directly it's going to address so many more things and help you so much more in your overall health that it might minimize the the health issue that you're currently experiencing. So mm-hmm. I would say give it a try. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So mm-hmm. and if people have, if it resonates with you, you're curious about it. The best thing I would, I could say is to, to give it a try yourself and see. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, David, it's been lovely talking to you. I really appreciate your getting up early morning and spending some time. It's evening, getting ready to for the sunset here as you're getting ready to start your day. So that's pretty cool that we can do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I really appreciate it. And it's great talking to you. Yeah, you too. We'll have to stay in touch. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Nourish Soul podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, I would love it if you would rate the show. And I'm also going to ask a favor. If you have not already done so, if you would consider subscribing to the show, it is very helpful for us to have more subscribers. And I greatly appreciate all of our subscribers. I also wanted to give you a couple of places where you could get more information if you wanted it. I am putting more videos on my YouTube channel, some shorter videos, some longer videos, but I'm spending more time putting content there that I hope will be helpful. It is still about nourishing the body, mind, soul, information about quantum health, nutrition, mental health, anything that I have found to be particularly helpful, but it's that fresh perspective on vitality and healing that I have there. So you can go over there and find it. Dr. Kelly Ritter is the name of my channel. I'm also putting more information and putting more time into Instagram. So if you're on social media and you want to connect, I love to connect with people via Instagram, Dr. underscore Kelly on Instagram. And I'm doing more lives on Instagram and trying to put... (laughs) doing my best to put more information out, especially on the quantum health strategies that I think are so helpful for people, but in bite-sized pieces. So you can digest that, get it on the go, whatever you need to do there. And hopefully that will be helpful to more people. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. I love doing this show and it is my pleasure to bring it to people and hope that it is helpful in your own journey. I hope you are being really good to yourself this week and that you're having a fantastic week. So happy healing.